Good morning, everyone. So good having y'all here this first morning of uh, the revival. And I do appreciate you coming. I want to say thank you to all the workers who've been cleaning the yards. Big Rick. Appreciate all those who have been cleaning the yards, cleaning the insides of the churches, uh, of the church, getting everything ready. And also, I thank y'all for all of the food prepared for this morning. I'm looking forward to sampling some of, maybe all of it, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we do appreciate the Lord. Uh, Brother Jamie, is this all your class? All right. So, Brother James, class, y'all come forward, and uh, let's have y'all's part, okay? Okay. Go ahead, Brother James. All right. Okay, guys, stand This morning, uh, tithe and the offering will be this morning. The cash part of the uh, offering will go to our evangelists. And of course, we'll make it up. But please don't forget your regular tithe. All right, Brother Ron. Good morning. Glad to see you here this morning. Yes. Lord, you thank you, Lord, for the whole congregation. Thank you, Lord, for everything that's here. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that you do for us, for the rising and the setting of the sun. Lord Jesus, we, we just could not make it in the day by day without you. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless this office and all we get. Amen. Um, I did receive a, another message this morning from Brother uh, Moore, and uh, he said if we could especially pray for deliverance, and I don't think I'll pronounce this uh, name very good, Nemesivo? How is that, Brother Robert? I've never heard of this. Okay, anyway, it's a, it's a town in Ukraine, and uh, uh, still have church people there, but right now they are, are, what do you call it? They are locked in, can't get out. And they are praying for deliverance. So if we don't, if you don't mind, let's stand right now, pray for Ukraine, and also to pray for deliverance of this uh, town with this group of believers. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that we can come before you, 
And Lord, we thank You, Lord, that You are also the captain of the army of the host of God. And we know that through You and You alone is our deliverance. Right now, Lord, we have believers in Ukraine that trust You and love You and are needing Your salvation. Lord, move for them. Protect them. Put a hedge about them. Bring deliverance, we ask and we pray in Your blessed, holy, righteous, and wonderful name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I'm sorry, Brother Ron, didn't mean to interrupt your part. But it's so good having uh, everyone in here. It's uh, really good having April with us. And when you get my age, April, sometimes your mind just doesn't work quite as, as fast. And I kept saying, I know her, I know, I know her, but I couldn't bring them. And, uh, and so, and we appreciate her and her boyfriend coming. And it's good having Peggy with us here this morning, too. All right, Tracy, you have a song for us? All right, come on. Uh, I do also want to make mention, uh, Brother... Uh, Brother Robert had an excellent class this morning. He may have a few extra of the uh, lessons. I thought I heard Big Ben. But anyway, uh, uh, if everyone would check your phones and make sure that they are put on silent. All right, let's get in and see what the Lord has for us this morning.
this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for death and life. Oh, thank you, Lord, for born in America. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you most of all that you saved my soul. I don't know about you, I love my wife, and uh, uh, I hope y'all love her too, but anyway, my best friend is Jesus. Amen. I live for Jesus. Amen. If you like me, if there's anything you do like about me, it's because of Jesus. Amen. If there's anything you don't like about me, it's because of Jeff. Jeff's a bad guy. But Jesus is awesome. Amen. Jesus is awesome. And I appreciate the life-changing blood and effect that He has on our lives if we will just let Him. Amen. And I know we got two cell phones and a tablet up here. We're trying to record services right up here. Folks, there are times you need to put this thing off to one side, lock it in the car or something, and get to a place of prayer. This thing will hinder you from hearing from the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, anyway, that was my little sermonette this morning. But I do appreciate all of you coming, and do appreciate Brother Teague and, and Sister Teague coming, and appreciate all that they do. Just for your information, my beautiful cup back here that uh, I've had. Can you read that? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't lost it in a whole year. Thank the Lord. But Sister Teague made that for me. And I do appreciate all that they've done for us through the times. All right, Brother Teague, we're going to turn it over to you. We want you to come and obey the Lord. I know that you will. And uh, come on. Great to be in the Lord's house this morning, isn't it? Yes, sir. So thankful to be back in Georgia. Uh, Sister Tig and I have been looking forward to the opportunity to return uh, here with you all. Landmark, that's where I'm at. Landmark, yeah. hallelujah. Good to be back at Landmark. Certainly uh, thankful for Brother and Sister Butler, their friendship through the years, and uh, the invitation that's been extended for us to come. Man, I see a lot of new faces, faces that I'm I'm not familiar with, and that's a good thing. I'm so happy that uh, God has just opened this door, and He's He's gave us this opportunity to have revival. I'd like to experience revival myself. Started right here, Lord. Started right here. I'd like to have a move of God like I've never had before. I'd like to have a renewal, a refreshing. I'd like. I need some fresh oil. Praise God. Amen. I'm counting on God to do that for me this week. How about you? You got something on your heart? Something on your mind you'd like to see the Lord to do? I've got, I've got lost family members. I'd like to receive a phone call this week saying they've been saved. I've got some sick folks that I know that I'd love to see the Lord come by mercy and compassion and heal them. 
How many believes he's still able to do those kind of things? Praise God. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm just counting on God to be gracious and great among us this week. Praise God. Great Sunday school lesson this morning. Uh, Brother Hicks always does a good job every time I've heard him teach. I really appreciate the effort and the time that he puts into it. Turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. That's where I'd like to read to you from. I don't feel like I'm going to be very long-winded. And uh, having said that, my wife told me every time I say it, I go for over an hour. So we'll see. I'll have you out by 1.30, I promise. How's that? Some of you didn't crack a smile. I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. It won't take me that long. I do have something on my heart. You know, the greatest thing that can happen in any meeting on planet Earth on this Sunday is not blinded eyes opening. It's not lame limbs healed and crippled folks walking. It's, you know, the, the greatest thing that can happen is for someone to experience the joy and the victory of what the Bible calls the new birth. Right. To be born again. Yes. And all that entails. Yes. For somebody to experience old things passing away. Yes. And all things becoming new. You know, before I got saved, I tried a lot of different things to shake loose from the world and get free from things that held me prisoner. And none of those things worked. But when I made up my mind, I'm going to cry out to Jesus. Jesus worked immediately. Instantaneously. Come on, say amen. Old things did pass away. And all things did become new. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's been, it's been a struggle from that time until this morning trying to keep up with Him. Trying to do what He wants me to do. Trying to learn to trust Him. Trying to learn to be obedient to Him. But if I'll do my part, He'll do His part. Come on, say amen. And uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for somebody to experience what it means to be born again. With that in mind, let me begin reading in verse 1. Very familiar story, 2 Samuel chapter 9. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, if I can say it that way, Major, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. 
And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Amen. Would you lift your hands and pray? Father, we love you. We honor you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and love. Help us here this morning, Lord. Set a guard at our lips that we'll only speak those things that edify the body of Christ, those things that minister grace to the hearer. Lord, would you be faithful to send your conviction to every heart, every life in this sanctuary. We'll give you the praise for what's accomplished. Lord, would you seek and save the lost in Jesus' name. Amen. The church said amen. I, uh, you know, I, I know that the majority of the church people, people that uh, have been coming to church for a good while, they already know this story. They know the ins and outs of this story. But I wanted to kind of just slow down and take my time and uh, lay a little foundation, maybe give a little history, and get us up to uh, the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9 to where we find our, our Scripture text. There's uh, been uh, lots of calamity. There's been lots of struggle, lots of hard times in the lives of many of these that were mentioned while I was reading down through this text. For example, there was the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. Saul started out in love with God, doing the will of God, doing great things for the kingdom of God and for the people of God. But somewhere along the line, he lost his devotion to his maker. He lost his longing to please God. He lost his fellowship and his relationship with the Lord and he pulled away from God and began to do things his own way. And uh, the Bible teaches us that in every instance when a man or a woman begins to do things their own way and not God's way, there is definite consequences. There's a price that must be paid for not obeying God. Saul paid that price. As a matter of fact, that first king of Israel, the man named Saul, he lost the entire kingdom. He lost his family. And in the end, he lost his life on a bloody battlefield. That brings us a little bit closer to where our scripture text is when Saul and uh, his sons died on the battlefield. A young man named David became king of Israel. God had already found him. God had already handpicked him. The prophet of God had already anointed him to be king before Saul and his family ever expired. But now the times came. Saul is dead. Jonathan, his son, and his other children are dead. And now it's David's time to reign as king over Israel. Uh, I wanted to talk to you for just a few minutes about a special relationship that David had with one of Saul's sons, a young man named Jonathan. Him and David were the best of friends. There's kind of a confusing, uh, it's confusing to some people, portion of Scripture that says that David and Jonathan loved each other like the love of a woman. And uh, doesn't mean there's homosexual. How many knows the Bible's against that? Doesn't mean they practiced sodomy, but they were close like they were blood brothers. Come on now. They had two different mothers, two different daddies, came from two different, two very different walks of life. 
Amen. But they, there was a connection in the heart of those two young men. And uh, they did great exploits together. Now Jonathan is dead. David is the king of Israel. And David evidently begins to reminisce about his friendship with Jonathan. He begins to go back and replay the old memories of times that they had together. And the love that David had for Jonathan and Jonathan had for David. Amen. David must have been going through those things in his heart over and over. And all of a sudden in chapter 9 of the book of 2 Samuel, he said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now Saul has sinned. He has rebelled against the will of God. He's lost the kingdom. He's lost his life. But David sitting in the palace says this, I remember the love that I had for Jonathan. I remember the love that Jonathan had for me. And because of Jonathan, is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? Amen. I like what the Bible said. The Bible said that David had a servant, or there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And Ziba came to David and said, There's one left. There's a young man, Mephibosheth, a boy that's lame in his feet. Amen. He's living over in Lodabar. Amen. David called Ziba to him. And in verse 3, David said this, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? I like the progression that's taking place in chapter 9 in our text. David began in verse 1 saying that I want to find somebody that's killed a Saul that I can show him kindness. And by the time we get to the third verse, it's not just human kindness that David's interested in anymore, but he wants to be a reflection of who God is. He wants to show the world the kind of kindness, amen, the kind of goodness and mercy that God has shown to him. He said, I want to find somebody that's still alive in Saul's house that I can show the kindness of God unto him. Woo! Praise God. Amen. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll tell you something, folks. Don't sell yourself short. Don't believe the lies that this world propagates. There's nothing, nothing that can take the place of the kindness of God. Praise God. Lift your hands and praise the Lord here with you. Praise God. Amen. Ziba said he's in Lodabar. David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Abel, from Lodabar. When I was studying this, I got to looking at all the similarities of old Mephibosheth and me. Amen. That's what I'd like to talk to you about for just a few minutes here this morning. If the Lord would help me, let's talk about Mephibosheth and me. Praise God. Amen. You see, Mephibosheth, the Bible specifically said in our text, was lame in his feet or lame on his feet. Amen. Uh, we can read uh, the backstory and understand how this lameness came. He was not born crippled, but there was a terrible accident that took place uh, when Jonathan and Saul was out on the battlefield of uh, fighting and died. News came back to the kingdom. Uh, little Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, Saul's great 
put in modern terms. Mephibosheth's nanny was looking after him. She was a servant of the house of Saul. And when she heard the king was dead and his sons were dead in an effort to flee from the kingdom, amen, in her haste, she dropped that little boy. Mephibosheth was not a baby. He was about five years old when this happened. That fall, that drop was so traumatizing to his body. It did something in his feet, in his legs, where he could not motivate as well on his own anymore. Come on now. He'd been dropped by the very one that was given the charge to protect him. Amen. But now we're talking about Mephibosheth and me. He's living down in Lodabar. When I looked up that word, amen, Lodabar, I did a little study. That name literally means the place of no pasture. It's a barren place. Lodabar's a dry place. We could call Lodabar Death Valley. Come on now. That's where Mephibosheth was living. Now, I want you to understand all that must have been going through his mind. Amen. His grandpa was the king at one time. His daddy was probably in line to be the next king. Come on now. And in an instant, all that's gone. He's forced to the place of no pasture. He's forced to a barren, dry place. Amen. And he's living his life in exile, away from the capital, away from the palace, separated from the kingdom. I got to think about that. Oh, Mephibosheth and me. Yeah. I can see myself. Oh, I was not the child of a, a would-be king. I was not next in line. My pedigree wasn't going to take me very high in this world. Amen. But, uh, amen. I felt like uh, I could identify with Mephibosheth uh, living in that Lodabar, that dry place, that barren place. Uh, you see, the Bible teaches us uh, that you and I, uh, we're Adam's race. Uh, we did not come from chimpanzees in Africa. Uh, amen. And listen, the first humans uh, didn't come from Africa. Amen. They were molded from the dust of the ground uh, in the Garden of Eden uh, by the hands of God. Can you shout amen? to me. Oh, listen. But Adam sinned against God and he broke God's law. And the Bible said because of Adam's sin, death and sin passed upon all mankind. The psalmist said we were born in a shape of iniquity. Amen. We were shaped in iniquity. Praise God. We were born sinners. Born rebels. We were born to shake our fist in heaven and do things our way. But maybe you're here this morning and that's the way you've been living your life. Separated from God. Separated from Jesus. You know just as sure as you're sitting there how dry that place is. How barren that place is. How empty that place is. True happiness is in Christ. True fulfillment is in Jesus brings joy. Can you shout amen right here somebody? I got to thinking about that dry place. Amen that I was living in. But wait a minute. There's a king who sought me. Right. 
smell something good cooking back there, don't y'all? I know I'm in a dangerous place. I'm standing in between you and it. I got to hurry along here, but I want you to understand something. Yeah. They're going to hang around until we say the blessing. Praise God. Maybe I'm in a great position here. I might be in the best position I've been in in a while. Uh, I got to thinking about the heart of that king because of the fellowship and the union he had with Jonathan. He said, I want to show Saul's house kindness. Now, I don't want to I want you to stay with me. I don't want to confuse anybody that doesn't really know the story. Don't you understand something? David had suffered tremendously because of Saul. Saul had been known to just reach over and pick up a javelin and fling it, David, yeah. trying to stick him to the wall. Yeah. He, he chased him, trying to capture him all around the country. Yeah. He, 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 he promised to put him to death. Yeah. So David had suffered tremendously because of Saul. But David had something different than Saul had. Yeah. David had maintained what Saul had forfeited. Yeah. David had the love of God in his heart. Amen. David had to walk with God. He had a relationship with God at this point. And so he, he gets to reminiscing about Jonathan and he wants to show somebody kindness. Praise God for Jonathan's sake. Amen. David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Not only did the king seek after Mephibosheth, Amen. But he went and he went to where he was. He sent messengers to where he was, and he saved him there. He 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 rescued him there. Amen. Listen, when Mephibosheth showed up in verse six, he did reverence to the king. He fell on his face. David said, "Are you Mephibosheth?" And Mephibosheth probably wouldn't even look him in the face. He said, "I am him. Behold, thy servant." And the next thing David said must have changed Mephibosheth's life forever. David said, "Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness." Oh, no. 
morning. Amen. It's not about all that you see us do or don't do on the outside. There's a king. There's God with unlimited kindness. Amen. That's seeking you. That's wanting to save you. Praise God. You don't have to be in the bar anymore. Amen. Your life don't have to be dried up and buried anymore. Amen. He saved me. Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. Millions of people on planet Earth. He saved me. Yes. Yes. He called for me. He loved me. Praise God. Anybody else felt his love, experienced his love? Yes. Anybody else glad that he loved you? Yes. He saved me. Why well, I can't hardly get past that. Uh, I'll, I won't go into great detail. I know we're sending this around the world, so I'm keep some things to myself. But I will tell you this. Out yonder in this world, I'll tell you what I found before I got saved. I found hurt. Yep. I found heartache. Yep. I found disillusionment. Yep. That's just a fancy word it means you don't know what's going on, when it's going on, what's happening, why it's happening. Right. Disillusion. Come on now. Yeah. I, I found uh, I was constantly reaching, grabbing, looking for something that would content my heart, yeah. something that would satisfy a longing on the inside of me if I could just get that next pickup truck. Hey, if I could just get another six-pack, come on now. Hey, if I could just get to that other man's house that's got that other stuff that I want. And it was a constant search. Hey, man, trying to find contentment and happiness. Praise God. But when the messenger came from the palace and told me the king's looking for you. Praise God. The king's looking for you. I wonder what the people said called. Now listen, he's a part of the kingdom that's been his grandpa's dead. His daddy's dead. Now David's a king and David's no kin to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth could have very well been in line to be king of Israel one day. But now he's living in that lonely, barren, dried up place. But he gets word the king's looking for you. I wonder what must have went through his mind. Is he going to cut my head off? Is he going to make me spend the rest of my days in prison? What's he going to do to me? Is he going to throw me under a rock pile? Is he going to burn what little bit I've got left? No, listen folks. The king comes looking for us. Amen. Not to lock us in a prison. Or to put us in bondage. He comes looking for us to set us free. He comes looking for us. Praise God. To liberate us. And give us life and life. Praise God. Oh, praise him. Somebody right here. Give me praise. A lot of people get it twisted. They think that because Christ saves us, that He locks us away in some uh, torture chamber called the church. No. And He gives us a big long list of everything we can't do anymore. Now I'll tell you who operates like that. It's uh, our enemy of the Lord. It's the devil. Satan. 
It's what the Bible calls him. One of many things the Bible calls him. He operates in fear. Torment. Judgment. Come on now. He, he operates... He operates in temptation. Come on here. He, he operates in sorrow. Isn't that right? Amen. Jesus told us in the New Testament, those of us that have put our trust in Him, Jesus said these words, be sober. Actually, it was Peter. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. This is what Jesus said in John 10 and 10. Jesus said, For the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the devil, he wants you to die in Lodabar. He wants you to die outside of the presence of the king. Come on now. Hey man, listen to me. Maybe you're here this morning and you've drifted away from God. Maybe you're here and you've known the peace and the mercy of the Lord. I'll tell you what the devil will do. He'll tell you you've gone too far. He'll tell you you've tried so many times. He'll tell you the king don't care anything about you. If he did, this would already been different. I'll tell you something with you, Michelle. The king's not going to drag you to the palace. He can scream it against his will. He's not going to make you come put your knees under the king's table. He wants you to come up your own. He wants you to come because you want to. Come on now. I tell you the king in this place this morning. I need him with somebody's heart. He's seeking you. He wants to save you. And when you get saved, everything changes. Mephibosheth showed up and he fell down on his face before the king. David said, Are you Mephibosheth? He said, Behold thy servant. I'm him. I'll do anything you tell me to do. I'm I'm him. I'm completely surrendered and submitted to your will. You want me to tell you why some of you can't hardly seem to make it? You've never fell down on your face in the presence of the king and completely, totally, wholeheartedly Surrender yourself to Him. And it's a vicious cycle. In and out, in and out, up and down, up and down. I'll tell you what my Church of God pastor told me, and I'm preaching to some of you that know. Amen. He told me it is impossible for a person. He didn't just tell me, he preached this in our church. It is impossible for a person who prays in private prayer at least 15 minutes a day. It's impossible not to have victory. He said you ought to pray a whole lot more than But if you commit 15 minutes a day in private prayer, you have victory in your life. You won't be in and out and up and down and off and on. Come on, say amen. People get in and don't stay because they never pray. Amen. That prayer life is a part of our submission. Our surrender to Christ and His will. I want to go on. I want you to understand some folks. You don't have to live life in the vicious cycle of triumph and defeat. Victory and defeat. Come on now. It doesn't have to be that way. There is an ever abiding victory in the life of the church. 
And he called himself the king's servant. Behold thy servant. David said, you don't have to fear. I'll surely show you kindness. And Mephibosheth said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? David brought Mephibosheth into that palace. He restored everything that used to be Saul's. He gave it to Mephibosheth. Can you imagine that? Saul was the king. I, I, I don't know. Could have very well been the greatest landholder in all of Israel. I, I don't know. It, it's probably mind-boggling. The wealth that the king of Israel had. And now, it's Mephibosheth. Everything that was your granddaddy's, is yours. Woo! You ain't got to fight for it. You don't have to raise a weapon for it. You don't have to amass an army for it. It's yours. He said on top of that, I'm going to give you a place at my table. And you're going to eat my bread. I like what the Bible said. I, 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 let me read it. I don't, I don't want you to miss it. He said, For uh, David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. This is verse 7. And will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. You got all that other stuff. All them herds and flocks and pasture land. You probably own some villages scattered around the country somewhere. Uh, but if you don't ever want to leave the palace, you don't have to. Because every evening at supper time, there's going to be a plate set for the spiritual Every morning at breakfast, every day at lunch, there's going to be a place at my table for the spiritual Praise God. Okay, some folks, I wouldn't get in on that. To where God found me and everything He delivered me from. What He saved me from. Amen. But I will tell you this. Sometimes the devil will get to fight you. Making you feel like that other folks haven't experienced what you're experiencing. And trying to make you feel like other folks had committed the sin. In the gross way that you have. Okay, something about sitting down at the king's table. When you get your knees under the king's table, everybody's the same, praise God. But the Phibosheth must have thumped around that palace days on end. Come on here. Not the baby, hobbling on crutches. Amen. But when he sat down at that table, he was just like everybody else. In the room, there was no difference in him.
quit. I'm not going to keep you long. I want you to understand. Amen. When I got to thinking about Mephibosheth in me, I couldn't help but think about John 3.16. The Bible said, For God so loved the world. I was thinking in Sunday school this morning, uh, they were talking, my mind was just going, we would be shocked. Some of us church folks, we would be shocked, disgusted, appalled. Some of us are so far removed from the real world. It would shock us things that happen. You know, uh, they're steadily bombarding our society's mind from Hollywood with all these television programs and different things. They're teaching our children tarot cards is okay. Ouija boards is okay. Homosexual lifestyle is okay. They're, they're, that's what they're preaching. We're preaching Christ on Sunday, but all week they're preaching the, the values of the world, the ways of the world. They'll tell you divorce is okay. They'll tell you getting drunk's okay. Smoking cigarettes is okay. They'll tell you all that smoking little pot. Hey, all that's okay. Buy some lottery tickets. They'll tell you, y'all get the gist of this? That's what they're teaching. That's what they're preaching. Come on now. What they don't take. Listen, I remember. I I'm not as old as some of you, but I am old enough to remember the Marlboro Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember him? Yeah. Billboards down 95. Oh, yeah. Big, strong, handsome cowboy. Square jaw. Come yeah. on now. They've been looking off and maybe riding the horse. Looking all, looking all tough and strong. Oh, uh, that's, that's the devil's image. That's right. Of Marlboro country. Come on, say that. But if somehow we could use our imagination, look at the back side of that billboard and see the end of that man's life, you know what he ended up? Hey, man, I've read that some of those uh, some of those characters that modeled for them Marlboro. Hey, man, I read about one of them dragging an oxygen tank behind him. Come on here, eat up with lung cancer. Hey, man, lived the last few moments of his life, maybe the last weeks of his life. Gasping for every breath he could afford to capture, trying to stay alive. Come on and help me, somebody. Help. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, the devil will make it look appetizing and tempting. Hey, but when you see the rest of the story, hey, man, it's better to serve the Lord. I said it's better to live for Jesus. It's better to come to the house of God. It's better to feed your soul godly things. I, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, Brother Butler and I, for the most part, never talk all year long no. in between these revivals. We're friends. Yes, sir. We got the kind of friendship I think it's, it's great where we can go great periods of time and not see each other and just pick right up where we left yeah, off. I like that. Right. Yeah, I like right. that. Just normal people. I think that's how normal people are. Yeah. I'd like to think I'm one of them. I hope I am. Uh, but uh, I don't know, you know, I know there's a lot of new faces. Now I'm suspecting there's some visitors here. Now I don't know everything. I'm suspecting there's some backsliders here. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure about that. I don't know everything that's been said, everything that's went on, everything that's happened. But I do know this. 
There is a king that wants to show you his kindness. He wants to show you his kindness for, jo uh, for Jesus' sake. Praise God. Stand with me, would you, all over this building. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Mephibosheth had no claim on David's kingdom. As long as Saul was alive, Mephibosheth had a claim yeah. on the throne, on the kingdom. But now all that's passed. It's over. It's gone. Had no claim on the kingdom that David was the king over. But there was kindness in the heart of David. Yes. And he wanted to show kindness to someone in Jonathan's house. And that's why he did it. Let me, let me take time. I, I know you're standing with me right here. And I, I want to hurry along and get on to this. And uh, I want us to come to the altar. So, somebody turn the book of Ephesians. Chapter 2, Ephesians, the second chapter. Praise God. We'll read this. Ephesians chapter 2. So, somebody read verses 4 through 7. You got that, Brother Butler? Yes, sir. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Do you hear what Mephibosheth called himself? He, he called himself a dead dog. Right. I guess there's probably nothing more disgusting. Old swelled up dog on the side of the highway. Flies are working it. The stench, the rottenness, the corruption. Mephibosheth that's who I, said, that's who I am in your presence. He owned up to it. But because he was so humble and he was so honest, that kindness was extended to him and he spent the rest of his days yeah. basking in the love of the king. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, uh, I'd like to tell y'all that ever since I've been saved, I've just done everything wonderfully well. It's all been good and I've not sinned. I've not let the Lord down. Boy, that wouldn't be true. There's probably some things I've done. If some preachers knew, they probably wouldn't have me back. But they don't know. Yeah. He knew. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He knew. You know what he did? He broke my heart over it. Yes. He broke my heart over it. He let godly sorrow come down on me. Yes. And it worked repentance. Yeah. It made me want to talk to him about it. Yeah. Made me want to get free of it. Made me want to make reconciliation or whatever, whatever it is I had to do. I'm glad the Lord deals with us in secret. But I'll tell you something. You can keep on and on and on pushing. 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 Against the will of God. Against the way of God for your life. You keep right on pushing. You know what the Lord's going to do? He's just going to swing the gate open. He's going to turn you loose in that wide, wide, ugly world. He'll let you do what you want to do. And then one day, when you're on death, death's door and you begin to cry out to the Lord, He may not hear you. He may not answer you. He told them, 
in one place, because I have called, and ye refused. I've lifted up my voice and no man answered. He said, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your fear comes. Can you imagine God laughing at you, mocking you in the time you need Him the most? You know why He's going to do that? Because when He needed you, when He wanted you, that's what you've done to Him. You laughed at Him. You mocked Him. You made light of Him. Don't tell you something, folks. If I, well, I wish I was a much more eloquent speaker with all the right words. I, I, I'm not sure a human tongue could even tell all the goodness of God and the benefits that come with getting up under His love, getting up under His mercy. You're here this morning, you're not saved. You're here this morning, you're lost without Christ. I'll tell you, He loves you. He wants to seat you at the King's table. Yes. Would you bow your heads with me, please, all over this place? Amen. They're going to get ready and maybe sing a little something. She's playing softly. I'd like to just ask this question real simple. Is there anybody here who would say, Preacher, I'm not where I need to be with God? Just not. I want to be someday, but I'm not there now. I promise you, I give you my word as a preacher of the gospel. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out or come to you. I want you to do something real easy. If you're here this morning, you're not where you need to be with God, but you want to be there someday, I want you to slip your hand up where you are. Put it right back down. God bless you. God sees these hands. God sees these hands. Anybody else? Brother Tig, I'm not saved, but I want to be someday. God bless you. Hands are going up. May the Lord richly bless you for your honesty. And uh, I, I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what's happening. Maybe you feel like Mephibosheth in that dry, barren place. I'll tell you, you're in a place where you can taste life. Yes, that's right. You can receive life. Yes, Lord. You can receive freedom. Praise God. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, let's make an altar service. Maybe there's someone here who raised your hand. You ready to do something about it? You ready to talk to the Lord about your soul and about the condition of your heart? Maybe you'd like to approach His throne and kneel down before Him the way Mephibosheth did and just say something like this, Lord, I need You. Jesus, I want you in my life. Lord, would you save me? Does anybody feel that way this morning? Won't you step out from where you're standing? Just walk down the aisle. Like somebody that really wants the Lord. Just step right out. Doesn't matter what anybody thinks, what anybody else is doing. Come on, that's right. That's right. Come on. Somebody else needs to come. Somebody else needs to come. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go my own way. I want the Lord in my life. I want Jesus to be my King. Is that the way you feel it? We're not asking you to listen. 
join our church. That's not what we're asking to talk. We're just asking, are you ready to talk to the Lord? Yes. About your soul and about where you are. Yes. Now's the time to do it. Come on, step out from where you stand. Maybe you're here and you didn't raise your hand. You want to come. Maybe you're here and you feel like your friend or your loved one would come with you. Won't you just reach over and take them by the hand? They'll know what you mean. Just take them by the hand. Y'all come together. Come on to this altar and let's pray about your soul. Somebody else. Somebody else. Praise God. Bless the young man, Lord. Bless these that are coming. Bless the children. Jesus' name. I feel like I'm tearing. I feel like I'm lingering right here waiting on you. Is there somebody else that wants to come? I'm not real high on high pressure. I've been in some places. It seemed like they were trying to use different high pressure tactics to force folks to pray. Listen, folks, you got to come because you want to. You got to come because you want to. I think you want to. You ought to come on. You ought to come on in Jesus' name. I'd like to make it easy for you, just as easy as I could. How about this? How about everybody that will? Let's find us a place to pray. And if you need to pray for salvation, if you need to ask the Lord for forgiveness, come on, pray. Talk to the Lord about this. Some of you saints, come gather around these that are praying. Let's have a season of prayer.